Grateful. Aren't you grateful today? How many of you are still grateful? <clears throat> Thank God for his goodness and his kindness. I love, we are a member of this church and we love, uh, we love, uh, we love what God is doing here. How many of you know God is doing something? God is up to something. Let's back up. How many of you thank God you're a part of a healthy church? Uh, that's pretty good. Okay, that's pretty good. Okay. How, many, how, how many of you thank God for a healthy pastor who preaches the gospel every week? The gospel. I mean, right. that, that's about half a week. How many of you thank God for the pastor's wife? The pastor's wife. You really thank God for the pastor's wife. <laughs> She's the hero. Last week, Pastor Dave mentioned, and you've heard him mention it several times, how living with three women is like dolls, Disney, and drama. So I thought I'd take a risk today and tell you what it's like living with Sister Unhi. And I'll tell you sometime next year. Okay, let's move. Well, I could say something like kindness, kisses, and kimchi. <laughs> Last Sunday, Pastor Dave spoke on the subject of how to handle your treasure from Luke 12. He taught us how greed is the enemy of being thankful, how greed is controlling, a controlling desire over dependence upon money or material things, how greed is a controlling desire over dependence upon money or material things. Now, if you're new or visiting or a guest today, you can relax and just chill out. We don't want your money. We don't want your money. My dad never served the Lord, opened his heart to the Lord until the end of his, his very end of his life. And he said, you know, I don't want to go to church. All they care about is money. In fact, he almost threatened me once. Don't ever give your money to the church. <laughs> but then he came to Jesus at the end of his life. God opened his heart. God opened my mother's heart. They found out it's not about the money. It's all about the heart. We learned last week how greed has the power to distort the way you see everything. How even good things can become a source of anxiety and identity. But most of all, we learned how sin is building your identity on anything but God. So I have a question for you this morning, and it's this. If you had your choice, would you rather hang around a greedy person or a generous person? Don't look at your neighbor. <laughs> if you had your choice, would you rather be yourself a generous person or a greedy person. I heard about a married couple who, whose spouse, one, the spouse refused to give her husband $50. He just refused. He absolutely, he wanted 50. She, in fact, they went to the state fair. And Morris and his wife Esther went to the state fair every year. And every year Morris would say, Esther, I'd like to ride in that helicopter. And Esther always replied, I know, Morris, but that helicopter ride is $50, and $50 is $50. No way. One year, Esther and Morris went to the fair, and Morris said, Esther, I'm 85 years old. If I don't ride that helicopter, I might never get another chance. To this, Esther replied, Morris, that helicopter ride is $50, and $50 is $50. No way. The pilot overheard the couple and said, uh, folks, I'll make you a deal. I'll take you both up for a ride, and if you can stay quiet for the entire ride, and don't say one word, I won't charge you a penny. But if you say one word, it's $50. Morris and Esther agreed, and they went up for the ride. 
The pilot did all kinds of fancy maneuvers and not a word was heard. He did daredevil tricks, turned his plane upside down over and over, but still not a word. When they landed, the pilot turned to Morris and he said, By golly, I did everything I could to get you to yell out, but you did not say a word. I'm impressed. No charge for the ride. Morris replied, Well, to tell you the truth, sir, I almost said something when Esther fell out of the helicopter. (laughs) But you know, $50 is $50. (laughs) $50. Not about the money. It's about our heart. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, you have it on your bulletin or if you have it in your Bible, listen to this great text. Paul said, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. From the severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord. Begging us, verse 4, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, then by the will of God to us. My heart has really been gripped by that little phrase. They gave themselves first to the Lord. Now, there's, some of you have heard me say there's, 11, there's 66 books in the Bible, 1,189 chapters, 31,173 scriptures, 773,000 words in the Bible written by just over 40 different people in three different languages on three different continents over a 1,500-year period without contradiction. There's one word that's not found written in the Bible, and it's the word oops. That simply means that God has given us the Scripture. How many of you know God wants you to have a healthy soul? God, let's try that again. How many of you know God wants you to have a healthy soul? Amen. And God wants you to enjoy the journey while we're here, while we're here, whether you like turkey or kimchi, while we're here, God wants you to enjoy the journey. And all of Scripture has been given to help us to participate with God in the journey. And during the, during, uh, in the Scripture, you'll discover that generosity is a biblical subject. During building programs, people sacrifice. During an offering, a woman gave her last two coins. During a lunch meal, a boy gave his bread and fish away. During church growth, some folks even sold land for ministry purposes. During Passover week, Mary broke her alabaster box a year's wages for Jesus. But what about the text? Think of this. Paul's writing to Corinthian believers. The Corinthians had promised a love offering for the impoverished saints in Jerusalem. A year has gone by, so Paul reminds them to keep their commitment. Paul wants the offering to strengthen the churches as Gentiles give to Jewish congregations across the sea. So Paul uses the Macedonian churches as an example of generosity. How to give, and I love this, how to give without flesh, flash, frills, carnality, deception, manipulation, intimidation, pressure, guilt. All that can work in the temporary, but it always leaves the giver exhausted at the end. In fact, whenever these are involved, you can always be sure that degenerative forces are at work. 
I've been in those meetings. I've been with some of those people. And I found there's a better way. How many of you thank God there's a good way, a healthy way, a biblical way, a loving Jesus way to be generous from the inside of your heart? There is a, how many of you thank God there's a healthy way? There's a healthy way. So if you take your bulletin, over the next three hours, I want to give, I'm only kidding. I just want to give you over the next 20, 25 minutes, I want to give you five words. Would you just take a pen or a pencil? I want you to write down five, five wisdom discoveries that God helps me in this area of our series concerning generosity and treasure. And the first discovery is this. Giving always begins in the heart. Would you write it down? Where does giving always begin? It begins in the heart. How do we know that generosity is a heart issue? Because in verse 1, the scripture says the grace of God was motivating believers. In verse 2, the giving believers were in deep poverty or rock-bottom destitution. Some had lost their jobs. Some were banned from the trade guilds for not bowing down to idols. Believers were giving in spite of their trials, poverty, and afflictions. In fact, the Bible says in verse 4, beyond their ability. means they gave and refused to allow their circumstances to hinder. No excuses, even poverty. In fact, the Bible says they were so eager, they were so eager to give that, get this, they begged Paul to take their offering, receive it. In verse 4, praying us with us much entreaty that we would receive the gift. Begging us earnestly, the ESV says, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part. In other words, do me a favor and let me give. Has anybody ever come up to you and said, could you do me a favor? Have you ever gone up to someone or anyone ever come up to you and said, could you do me a favor? Well, these believers were actually doing this. They were saying, Paul, would you do me a favor and let me be a blessing? Because God's grace was at work in their heart. The scripture says they did this not as we hope, but first what? Gave their own heart to the Lord. Now, I want you to think of this. The believers surrendered themselves to the Lord first before giving to the Lord. Verse 5 means that believers use the occasion of an offering, get this, to rededicate their lives and their hearts and their possessions to the Lord. How many of you know today you really don't own anything? How many of you know all money is tainted? Taint yours, taint mine. How many of you know all money? How many of you know the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwell. How many of you know God owns everything? How many of you know Job said your very breath is a gift from God? Every, everything we have belongs to God. It's not mine. And so Paul uses this occasion. The Bible says they surrendered their will to God to help Paul minister to people. And this is God's way to reach our city. How many of you know Trinity Assembly of God exists for its non-members? How many of you know we are here today for those who are right now at Bedside Assembly with Brother Sheets and Sister Pillow? How many of you know that? (laughs) Do you realize over the next 5 and 10, 15 years, 
that hundreds of people are going to come in here and hear the gospel and be wonderfully rescued and born again because people like you opened your hearts and gave to God and you're going to have a part and and you're going to have a part in reaching lost people is there anything more exciting than that than the Yankees beating the Red Sox is there anything more exciting than that I can think of nothing so Paul knows that the people know that I surrender the idols I surrender all to you Lord All the lesser gods that crowd my heart, that distract, that interfere, that cloud my vision. It's not the size of my salary. It's the size of my heart. What is Paul saying? He's saying that it's easy to be generous when we see Jesus. It's easy to be generous when we behold the Lord. It's easy to be generous when we are content. It's easy to give and be generous when Jesus is our identity. In fact, Paul said in Romans 1.25, for people traded the truth about God for a lie, for they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself. In other words, created th- is this America or what? Created things can create good feelings, but they cannot leave us full and satisfied. Created things provide short-term fulfillment, but you have to go back again and again and again and again. What are they? You know what they are. The gods of power and control and comfort and approval and success. And created things are not meant to be the thing that we look to for our ultimate joy. Created things are meant to point you to God who alone can do two things. Satisfy our heart and transform our heart. How many of you have discovered only Jesus can satisfy your heart? Trying to find peace and rest and joy and significance in creation is never a pathway to life. What do you mean, preacher? It leads us the opposite direction. Why? Because physical things get old and break down. Relationships and people fail. Our bodies deteriorate. Flowers die, food spoils, cars rust, clothes wear out, silver tarnishes, Super Bowls and World Series are forgotten. Curtains fade, vacations end, applause stops. Even chewing gum gets old. What's it all teach us? Physical things are enjoyable, but they can't give us what we long for, the peace and rest and meaning and purpose. God created the world to point to him, but never to replace him. The physical world has no capacity to make your heart content. Paul David Tripp said this. He said, this truth protects us from shopping horizontally for what only God can give us vertically. And this is the Corinthians in our text. This is the Corinthians. God's grace was at work so powerfully that their hearts were free from what? The love of stuff and greed to live full of generosity. Now, in exegeting the text, here, text, here's my discovery. In 2 Corinthians 8, 1, the scripture says, we want you to know about the grace of God that has been given among the churches in Macedonia. Now, why did Paul want the Corinthians to know about the Macedonians? Follow me. Because the Roman province of Macedonia included all of northern Greece. The known churches of the re- region were three, Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea. The first two were well-known for generations because of the two New Testament letters that were written to the Philippians and the Thessalonians. 
The Macedonian province had been well known for its natural resources, but down through the centuries, the area was ravaged by war. Rome had stripped it of its wealth, so now the churches were poor and material wealth. Yet because of God's grace at work in their hearts, Paul uses them as an illustration of generosity to someone else. Paul said they gave liberally. You know what the Greek word liberally means? Open-handed. Say it with me, open-handed. Everybody take your hands. Would you take, this is not a trick, not superstitious. Don't get spooky on me. Everybody take your hands. Now squeeze your hands really tight. I mean, pretend there's a Red Sox hat in there. Just and squeeze it really, oh, over here. Really, really tight. Just pretend. Just squeeze it really. It's hard. Just squeeze it until the, the okay. Now open them really slow. Which one feels better? Picture your soul the same way. Paul said, liberally, the Greek word means open-handed, begging to participate. They gave themselves first to the Lord, which means they used an opportunity. A grace-filled heart results in open-handed living, but never to be seen, never to be heard, never to be known, never to be recognized, simply because you acknowledge God owns it all. My second discovery, would you write this down? Giving understands God's grace. What's the word you're writing down? Grace. What do spiritually healthy uh, givers, generous hearts understand? A healthy disciple. We understand the example of Jesus in verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. What do we understand here today at Trinity Assembly of God? What do we understand? We understand true spiritual motivation. Gospel-centered motivation. Paul said in verse 8, I'm not ordering you. In verse 9, he simply says, look at Jesus and understand what Jesus has done for you. What do we understand? Why look at Jesus becoming poor on my behalf? Follow me. Because when we really see Jesus, and we really see what Jesus has done, and even on a quiet Thanksgiving Sunday morning, when we really get a picture of what God has done for you and me in the person of His Son, it just makes it easy to enjoy the journey with a generous spirit. Excuse me, how many of you are really grateful to God for everything that God has given you? Okay, three of you, that's good. One clap and three hands, that's awesome. How many of you, I know it's Thanksgiving, it's over, and we're already on our way. Christmas a month from today, oh, glory to be to God, Santa Claus is coming to town. How many of you are really, really grateful for what God has given to you? There needs, there, healthy disciples in this environment need no, absolutely no carnal motivation because you know something. You know the grace. How, do you ever think where you and I would be without the grace of God? In 1974, I didn't, I didn't deserve to be saved. But a missionary led my alcoholic uncle to the Lord in Tampa, Florida, Tampa, Florida, who invited me to come down and spend 10, 10 days with him. And he told me about Jesus for 10 days. And I said, no, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you, 10 days in a row. And said, get out of my face. I'm not here for this. 
Ten days later, flying home on an airplane, I read the gospel track that my uncle had stuffed in my handbag. Read the gospel. Was convicted in my heart. Prayed a sinner's prayer on the airplane. And at the age of 19, walked off the... No church, no preacher, nothing. And walked off the airplane. A born-again Christian, knowing in my heart that I was saved because of the grace of God. Only by the grace of God. Walked off the airplane with a new song. Now, I used to have an old song. How many of you can keep a secret? Okay, never mind. Can any of you keep a secret? Oh, Gary, you cannot. Stop lying. These are the songs I used to sing before July 10th, 1974. Sitting on the dock of the bay. Imagine there's no heaven. I'm on the highway to hell. Hey, Jude, let it be. Hey, hey for the monkeys. I can't, I can't get no... Yep, some of you know that one, satisfaction. We all live in a yellow, oh, that was deep. Wasn't that deep? We all live in a yellow submarine. Dance with the devil, stairway to heaven. I've been through the desert on a horse. Poor horse didn't even have a name. Sad horse. Fix you without you. How to disappear completely. Never had no one ever. Long and winding road. Bridge over troubled water. No wonder I was 19 and depressed. Final masquerade, lonely day, disenchanted, all by my, oh, it was horrible. You picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. Time to say goodbye, I know it's over. I'm done by corn, the end by the doors, boulevard of broken dreams. Down in a hole by Alice in Chains, my last sunrise by demons and wizards. Empty garden by Elton John in my darkest hour by Megadeth, the unforgiven by Metallica and Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. But then on July of 74, I got a new song. I went from John Lennon to Jesus. Billy Joel to Billy Graham. Jimi Hendrix to Jimmy Swaggart. Oh, that was radical. <laughs> David Bowie to David Wilkerson. R.E.M. to R.W. Schambach. Guns and Roses to God and Moses. <laughs> Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young to Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Peter, Paul and Mary to the real New Testament Peter, Paul and Mary. I went from the Prince of Peace. I went from the Prince to the Prince of Peace. Purple rain to Holy Spirit rain down. Eric Clapton to clap your hands, all you people. I went from Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead to Pastor David Hurtwick and Trinity Assembly of God by the grace of God. Only God could do that. Only God could do that. I pray, I pray, I pray you never forget where you could be apart from the grace of God. The third word, giving is a matter of faith, not income. 2 Corinthians 8.15, faith. Look at this. As it is written, he that gathered much had nothing over. He that gathered little had no lack. What's that mean? That's a reference. Paul's giving a reference to the miracle of manna in Exodus 16. No matter how much manna the Jews gathered every day, there was always enough to supply the need from day to day. Israel was taught three lessons. What are they? Gather what you need, share what you can, and don't try to hoard it up or else it rots. What's the lesson? The lesson is simple. God will see to it that you will never lack when you seek first the kingdom 
of God. If God took care of Israel in the Old Testament, that guarantees God will take care of you in the New Testament. In other words, it takes faith. Faith to believe that God will honor His Word. How many of you believe that God will honor His Word? How many of you believe that God will keep His promises to you? It takes faith to give and believe that God will take... It takes faith to sow seed. God wants to give some of you faith today. Some of you have struggled in the journey maybe with this tithes or offerings or missions or whatever. Some of you have struggled with that. But today, today can be a next level Sunday for you where you experience the grace of God and generosity coming from your heart. I have... A, a, four, a, four years ago, I had no grandkids. Now I have 13. Yeah, six on my side and six on... Okay, whatever. Um, I lost count. <laughs> you threw me off. All right. Oh, yeah, Grayson. I was cool. my, first grands, my, first, my first grandson born four years ago. When he was two years old, I went down there, and uh, I stopped at the uh, McDonald's in Appalachian to get him a Happy Meal. He was so excited. I came in, we spread out the kitchen table, opened up the Happy Meal, pulled out those healthy, whatever God-forsaken chicken McNuggets are in them. I put them on the table, put out the French fries, and I said to Grayson, Grayson, can I have a French fry? I really love French fries. And he went. (laughs) I said, oh, Grayson, I really love French fries. Can I just have one? I said, Grayson, I'm going to eat one of those french fries. And he went like this. He put his arms around his french fries, and he pulled everything really tight to the edge of the table. And I said to Grayson, Grayson, do you know who bought those french fries? He was just eating them, looking at me with a stare. I said, Grayson, do you know who picked up those french fries for you? He just kept on eating I said, Grayson, look at me. Do you know where those French fries came from? Do you know that I pulled, you know I drove 104 miles from Syracuse to come to McDonald's to get you those French fries? Do you know I could take those French fries from you right now? Do you know, do you actually know who, where, where you wouldn't have those if it wasn't for, and you know what he did? He looked at his French fries and he put his finger on one of them and he slid it over to me real <laughs> And I took it and I ate it. And I ran around the house like I was crazy. And he smiled, he smiled, he smiled. But as long as he was hoarding, oh boy, he was not smiling, he was protecting. I watched a girl sell her bicycle so we could build a church. I watched a guy sell a classic car. I watched a guy sell a motorcycle. I watched people sacrifice. I watched widows go to the bank. I, I watched a guy uh, over, over Italian dinner, uh, uh, lunch at, at Little Venice, uh, give me $10,000 in, in uh, stocks to, to, for, for, the, for the kingdom, for the, to, to, to forward the, the work. I've watched people my whole life. I've watched God use uh, the generosity in the hearts of people because God's grace was at work where? In their heart. Look at my, here's my fourth discovery. Giving carries the fragrance of deep joy. Deep joy. Can you say the word joy? joy. 
What's the fragrance of generosity? 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Everyone who gives decide in their heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a what? What does it mean to give grudgingly or of necessity? It means to give because we have to, out of pressure, out of duty, and reluctantly. What does it mean to give out of cheerfully? To give cheerfully. The Greek word for cheerful is the Greek word hilaron. It means, it gives us our English word hilarious. Cheerful giving loves to give because it understands what God has given. Cheerful giving loves to give because it wants others to find what it it has found. Do you know there's a bird in South America called the Mimi bird? And the only sound it makes is Mimi. Have you ever seen young or old people walking around with that T-shirt that says it's all about me? How many of you know it's not your way and it's not my way, it's Yahweh? How many of you know it's not, it's not about you? It's not about, are you ready for this? A poll was conducted with a random group of people. Each person was asked to rate their happiness. Each person was then given $20 to spend on themselves. At the end of the day, each person was polled again and asked to rate their happiness a second time. Guess what the result was? There was absolutely no change whatsoever. A second group of people were polled to rate their happiness. They were given $20 each to give to someone else or spend a gift to give someone else. They were then polled again at the end of the day, and all of them, every one of them, experienced a higher rate or level of happiness. What's the takeaway? Happiness is not the result of what we get. It's a result of what we give. How many of you givers really are happier than takers? And in Macedonia, God reveals this. How you can be content and have joy in the midst of less than ideal circumstances. And if you're here today, by chance, you're here and the grace of God has brought you here. In the sovereignty of God, he brought you here. And if you're walking through a season or a valley of less than ideal circumstances, here's what the Corinthians, uh, here's what the Macedonian churches teach us today. God can help you to be content in the midst of less than ideal circumstances. That comes from the grace of God at work inside your heart. My last discovery is this. Giving results reveals a spirit of heartfelt gratitude. Would you say the word gratitude? Gratitude. Gratitude. What it motivates uh, givers, giving, generosity. Verse 15 of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. What is this? This is gratitude for God sending his son. This is gratitude for his son dying for my sins and your sins. This is gratitude for God allowing me to participate. Are you ready for this? I don't honor God by being here today. God honors me by allowing me to participate in something that's eternal. How many of you thank God for the privilege of being able to be here? Not to hear me, but to serve the Lord with gladness. Everything. What's what's the discovery here? Generosity testifies to all of our city that we are grateful to God for Jesus. We testify today. Trinity Assembly of God. Black Friday is over. Yay. We drove by the mall. Did we drive by the mall coming home? 
and uh, Pastor Owen, he looked over at the Destiny Mall, and I said something. I, I said something. Oh, look, look, look at the look at the parking lot, Owen. He and she looked at the parking lot. She went, "Ooh, and that's just the way I felt." Ooh, some of you were there, and lines are okay, but that's just not me. But all Christmas is coming. What am I going to get? I don't know. Don't need a thing. How about you? Are you grateful for what you have? Is God's grace at work in your heart? So much so that you can trust Him. Not just with the tithe. Not just with the offering. Not just for the one time, whatever, as God speaks to you. But you can trust the Lord with for everything. Everything. We don't buy God's blessing with our money. But we gain His blessings through our obedience. What's the root cause or motivation of a generous spirit? It's gratitude. It's thankfulness. And the degree of our gratitude will be the degree of our generosity. What is Paul doing? He brings salvation into our giving patterns. Are you ready for this? He reminds us of the gospel. He tells us, whenever you think about being generous, think of the costly grace of Jesus. He says, meditate, ponder on what Jesus did until it what? Until it changes our hearts. I'm asking you today, bring your heart before the Lord. Why? Because givers are givers because we discover how generous Jesus has been to all of us. It's a byproduct of a grace-filled heart. You know what this means? I close with this. You know what this means? It means I don't have to worry about money ever. It means the cross proves that God will take care of me. It means I don't have to any envy anybody else's possessions. My son, when he was single, said, Dad, how much money is it going to take to be married? He's 31 years old. I said, I don't know, Robbie, just run away. <laughs> he said, but I'm afraid. How much money will it take to be married? I said, Robbie, it all depends on who you marry. There's a difference between Paris Hilton and Mother Teresa. All depends. Just be sure, Robbie, God has your heart. Keeping your mercy person giver. Put the Lord first. Everything else will be all right. Notice on your sheath there, loving never empties the heart and giving never empties the purse. We shovel it out, God shovels it in. His shovel's bigger than our shovel. In heaven we'll be rewarded for what we gave, not for what we received. God has given us two hands, one to receive with, one to give with. Gratitude. Generosity is birthed, born, maintained, and gra- Excuse me, how grateful are you? How grateful are you? It's Thanksgiving weekend. How grateful are you? Jesus is enough. Would you... Would you bow your heads in a word of prayer just for a moment? Every head is bowed, every eye closed, just for a moment. Peter said to Jesus one day, Lord, we've left all to follow you. Now what's in it for us? In Matthew 19, and, and Jesus was stunned by that question. Because Peter was feeling a little cheated. He was feeling a little entitled, feeling a little left out. And the Lord had to reveal to him, Peter, you don't want what you really deserve. 
Because the root cause of all complaints is when a person feels like they're not getting what they deserve. And Peter, you don't want what you deserve. You deserve judgment. You deserve lostness. You deserve the penalty for your own sin. But the grace of God, the grace of God, Peter, is enough to save you, rescue you, and deliver you from yourself. So, Peter, you can be changed. If you're here this morning and maybe there's something, something inside your heart that God is wanting to change. And today God will bring change where change is needed if you will give Him permission. If you're here and you know, you know there's something that God is wanting to change inside of you. And by the grace of God, you can't earn it, but by the grace of God, you're willing to give God permission to go deeper and bring change in your heart where change is needed. If that's you, you know there's something inside your heart that God is wanting to change, and today you're willing to give God permission to bring change. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up and just hold it up high enough until I can see it. God bless you and 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 you. God bless you all over this house. All he needs is your permission. Just just give God permission. And the grace of God will so flood your heart. God will bring change where change is needed. Could we all stand together, please, before pastor comes? Could we just all stand? I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you and this is a safe place and you say, well, I don't know anybody. Well, that's, that's, that's just a matter of time. You'll get to know, you'll get to know the family here and, and you'll be blessed. Would you join hands with the person next to you? Just join hands. We're, we're, I know we're an army and we run through a troop and leap over walls. I understand that. We're also a family. We're a family and we're an army. We're tied together as lively stones. We're a body. And I want you to pray for the person that you're just standing next to. Would you do? I'm going to pray for you, but I want you to, you don't need to, we're not going to talk to them, counsel them, ask them any questions. But too many of you raised your hand to just walk out. And I want you to pray right now and just ask God by the, by the grace of God to change your heart and, 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 and minister to the person that's standing next to you. Would you do that? Just pray for them. Just pray for them. God, I pray that you'll give my brother and my sister the desire of their heart in serving you. I pray, God, you'll help us to walk in obedience with a grateful spirit. God, I pray that generosity would so flow out of our hearts and Trinity Assembly of God throughout this community, God. We would be known as givers, not takers. God, I pray. God, I pray in Jesus' name, let the grace of God, let the grace of God take us to new levels in our, in our life, Lord. If we're not tithing, help us to begin to tithe. If we're not giving love offerings, help us to take a step and start giving. If we're not into missions, God, help us to start and, and watch you, God. Watch you, God, supply and provide in miraculous ways. Help us to take steps of faith. Help us to take steps of obedience. Help us, Lord, to be enthralled, enamored with the costly grace of Jesus.
Help us to never take you for granted. Help us to realize you're never indebted to us. Help us to be broken bread to feed the hungry. I pray you'd bless us and you'll break us and you'll give us away. From the east and the west and the north and the south, God, through this entire community, all of North Syracuse and Clay, New York, God, I pray you'd multiply, make healthy disciples. Help us, God, to enjoy every day as a gift. Change us, Lord, from the inside out is our prayer. Help us to live generously. Yes, God. We trust you for it and we thank you for it. We ask it in your strong name. Yes, God.